episode 182, about never giving up. You're listening to the very best podcast in the world on health, wealth, and happiness. Please remember to leave a review and share with all your friends and family. And here is your host, Lars Hilson. It is Tuesday. Uh, hi, folks. Welcome to the very best podcast in the world. <laughs> the only place, uh, the only source in the universe for personal supremacy through health, wealth, and happiness. Now, uh, I'm giggling like a premature five-year-old because I was going to do this dramatic introduction, but then I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> so uh, in that sense, I, uh, I hope you forgive me. And um, today's episode is about never giving up and why that is rewarding and how that comes about. And it's based on an example in my career uh, where pretty much everyone before me uh, of my competitors had given up on the same case that I was working on. Uh, what you're hearing in the background is your favorite co-host Stevie, who's fucking thirsty because he just finished his dinner. Uh, so, um, uh, from last night. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, in any case, uh, let's get started with our uh, housekeeping. And uh, number one, as always, thoughts my own. Um, if you don't agree, go fuck off. Um, uh, housekeeping assignment uh, item, not assignment, <laughs> item number two is uh, sharing is caring as every day. Uh, I threatened you earlier this year that every day I would remind you that uh, if an episode doesn't really resonate with you, uh, perhaps it could be useful for someone else that's in your, uh, you know, remote vicinity, sphere of influence, whatever you want to call it, or, you know, somebody very close to you that could, you know, potentially benefit from listening to that episode, despite the fact that, you know, it may not be your thing, uh, in, uh, in first view, so to speak. And, uh, in that sense, please, uh, that was, helicopter Steve shaking his ears. I hope he's done soon uh, and lays down. No, he's going back for taste Adams, which may be still in his bowl. Anyhow, um, so share this episode with, you know, people. Um, if you think this episode is great, by the way, which all of them are, uh, go to the very best podcast in the world.com and uh, below every episode and every page, there's a a bunch of flashy sharing buttons for pretty much every social network we have out there. Make this known, help other people, um, end of housekeeping. So, uh, what I wanted to go through today was a, was an example from my career as promised. And, uh, this was one of my more meaningful assignments, uh, because it was so fucking challenging. So, uh, I was, I came back from a project, was totally exhausted 
and wanted to reward myself to some downtime. And so I did. And uh, two days into that stretch of uh, playing computer games and uh, eating nasty food and smoking lots of cigarettes and drinking loads of whiskey, came a call from a friend who had another friend, <laughs> uh, who in turn was the owner and managing director of, uh, let's for lack of better terms, call it a large engineering outfit. And uh, this dude uh, had a problem in that his competitor uh, was always underbidding him um, in a lot of cases uh, on contracts that he would uh, submit tenders for. And uh, he didn't know how his competitor was doing that. So your first thought is industrial espionage along those lines. And uh, obviously my uh, competitors had had, have had, had had the same idea, whatever, and uh, blew millions of dollars on, you know, loads of fancy shit to figure out how the information got from his offices to that of his competition. Now, so much for that bit. That was what my friend told me. And uh, I said, okay, sounds charming. <laughs> so, uh, plus, you know, I have this general uh, policy of, you know, if a friend calls and is in need, uh, I'll help them. Um, however, you know, in, in the capacity that I can, obviously, but you know where I'm getting to. And so this guy said, you know, look, could you at least have a look at it? Because my first reaction was, uh, yeah, I can help you, but probably, you know, not really. Right. And he, you know, we kept on going back and forth. We agreed to the fact that I would have a discussion over the phone with his friend. So anywho, uh, into this call, I got the impression that his friend uh, was in complete despair because he'd spent millions of dollars on, you know, my competition who found absolutely fucking nothing. And um, he was a great guy to speak with over the phone. And uh, he ended up sending me a plane and I went to see him in one of their offices where he suspected that the information was coming from. Anywho, months later, um, into the contract, I was spending shitloads of time on airplanes, uh, flying from office to office, uh, you know, looking at the physical uh, prerequisites that were there, you know, looking at employee records as much as I could, depending on the country and their data privacy laws and, uh, you know, looked at who could be, um, a human leak, uh, looked at all of the, um, reports that my competitors had submitted, uh, redid some of the tests, which I thought were done incorrectly or which could have resulted in false negatives. Um, and so on and so forth. So months into the contract, a uh, managing director dude comes up to me and says, look, you know, you're charging obscene rates. When are you going to find something? Right? Because I was on an open end contract. I said, look, you're going to pay me per day. Uh, and, um, 
that's it. Otherwise, I'm not going to approach this project. So anyway, our agreement was there. I said, look, you know, this is not necessarily something that you can put a date on. You know, I'm doing my best. You are receiving my weekly reports. Um, you know, did you read them? He was like, no, <laughs> I just want you to get the fucking problem done. Anywho, um, another few weeks later, uh, I'm sitting in a conference room. It's two in the morning and I'm chewing on a stale piece of pizza and uh, I'm playing merry-go-round on one of the office chairs. Now, uh, I was playing merry-go-round on one of these office chairs because we had replaced them and this thing was squeaking somehow. And every time I spun around, um, my eyes would connect to a paper shredder that was sitting beside the door. And um, for some stupid gut feeling uh, that I got, every time my eyes kind of made contact with this paper shredder, I was like, wait, this is stupid, uh, but it could be an option. It's an item we haven't replaced in this room. We'd narrowed down that it had to be that office, and we had narrowed down that it had to be that floor where the information came from. And I don't know, it was probably the two gazillionth repetition or, uh, you know, merry-go-round round that I did. And I dropped my pizza, went to the phone, called the janitor, who was very grateful to receive my call at about 2.30 in the morning. And I told him the happy news that I need tools and I need them now. And he was pissed to be diplomatic, but I wanted to know whether my gut feeling had betrayed me. So, uh, he came to the office, gave me tools, and I took apart this paper shredder only to find out that the competitor had installed scanners. So you would, uh, put in the sheet of paper or sheets of paper you wanted destroyed. But before they were destroyed, they uh, were scanned. And because it was, you know, the competition was obviously thinking that we were going to do radio frequency analysis and, you know, uh, network connect and whatever. Um, they, in, they saved the files that were created to a USB key. Now, as it later turned out, they had bribed one of the cleaning ladies that worked for a subcontractor, but always in this building and always on the same floor. And she would once a week exchange the USB key for another one and then drop the other one, you know, of course, through uh, a man in the middle and another man in the other middle. Uh, but it would end up eventually with the competition, which allowed them to gain a significant, significant competitive advantage over my client. Now, why did I so in so much detail tell you this stupid fucking story? Number one, it's totally interesting and it's totally James Bondish. 
So that was a cool, very cool, meaningful contract because it was challenging. Um, it was uh, interesting monetarily uh, for me, um, but I solved the puzzle, which nobody before me could because they were, you know, going by the book, not thinking outside the box, not being very passionate because I doubt that any one of them was there at two in the morning, um, you know, biting on a stale piece of pizza uh, while, you know, contemplating all other options that they couldn't think about initially. You know, they were doing their checklists by the book, whatever. And so um, what does this have to do with giving up? Number one, if you're truly passionate about what you do, you're just not going to give up. You're going to find, you're going to try to find a solution to a problem, whatever it may cost. In my time, uh, or in my case, it was time, right? And this was months into the contract. And had I given up, you know, I would have fallen in line with all of my, you know, fancy competitors and, uh, you know, predecessor competitors, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, I would have fallen in line with them, uh, would have given up, would have thrown the towel only because I would have gone by the book. But because I, you know, went so far as to have furniture exchanged, um, you know, I was kind of like ahead of the curve and solved this very interesting contract. Now, why did I not give up? And that's the interesting bit. Um, I didn't give up because I was passionate to solve the puzzle. This wasn't a contract for me. Uh, this was about, you know, being passionate about my work, what I, which I, you know, always am, and really trying to get my head around that. It was this hacker mentality, right? Give me a problem. I'll throw everything at it and see what sticks, what actually solves the problem. And I think that's what a lot of us in the professional sphere, professional world, professional career, whatever, um, a lot of you have lost that. And that's important, right? Because you're not going to be hireable, you know, like you're, uh, like your regular, um, you know, bachelor or MBA um, or MSc or whatever fancy titles you have. You know, you guys are easy hires. People know that you can play by the book, but you're not going to solve difficult problems. A lot of you are just not. And I think that's where a lot of us need to refocus upon is to start to put into context whether or not we want to be hired because we can actually solve problems and are passionate about the job or is it that we want to be hired because we spent you know a few years in a school learning equal terminology so that we can all converse about the same topic. But these topics are all by the book and thinking outside the box is something that we 
lose over time in school. So with that being said, uh, I hope um, you are one of these people who realize that it's about passion and that this passion about your job will not allow you to give up. And for all of those who are in this transitionary process, I would suggest you go to the website of the podcast, the very best podcast in the world.com and search for, I think there's two or three episodes about passion and how to gain that passion for your profession. In that sense, uh, I hope you have a nice rest of your Tuesday. If you've already had your rest of your Tuesday, uh, have a good night. And we'll be in touch tomorrow for another episode of the very best podcast in the world. Uh, and until then, I'm going to say bye, folks, and see you tomorrow.